What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the QBIQ podcast. Another episode today dropping with Coach Mark Peterson, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Concordia University, Chicago. Great dude. They are on a great streak right now as a new staff coming in. Uh, awesome to talk to him. They got a big game this weekend. Loved learning about their program goals and integrity and championships and being better people. Awesome stuff. And of course, we talked to QBIQ. Coach is using QBIQ himself and instituting it into his quarterback room. They've seen tremendous progress. Loved the conversation with Coach Peterson. Uh, guys, stay tuned. Always keep following us at QBIQ System on all the social channels and qbiqsystem.com for the full system and all of the stuff that we've got going on there and go on to itunes check out the podcast and would love a rate and review that would help us a ton appreciate it guys and here's our episode with coach peterson all right guys we got coach mark peterson from the windy city Concordia, Chicago, Concordia University, Chicago. Coach, how you doing, man? Hey, what's going on, man? Appreciate you jumping on the QBIQ podcast today. Uh, is it winter up there yet? <laughs> Do you want to know what? I'm looking out my office window right now, and it is a gorgeous day. Like, perfect football weather, no wind. Uh, it's actually kind of warm. Uh, this morning when I got in at 6, I was wearing a... Uh, you know, just my typical hoodie, and it's to the point right now where I already had to change, put on my shorts and my T-shirt, and uh, ready to rock outside. But later on tonight, it's <laughs> I think it's supposed to drop to the 40s. Yeah, so, well, enjoy that while it lasts, man. I know it gets crazy up there. Well, you're from there, right? Appreciate it. Yeah, born and raised, man. Um, north side of Chicago, actually northwest suburbs. Uh, went to high school, uh, Buffalo Grove High School. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of used to it, but it is a little bit different when you're closer to Chicago, actually by the lake, by Lake Michigan. Uh, the difference is astronomical as far as, you know, how the weather goes. Cause when you're closer to the lake, that is why they call it the windy city. Um, the effect and the impact of the wind is everything you know what i mean so we, <laughs> so it can say it's 20 degrees outside but it can actually be really nice out you know what i mean because yeah. if there is no wind we're good but it's it could be 60 degrees and windy and it could feel like you're in a blizzard so right now where are you got where is concordia chicago in relation to like the city so what's actually kind of crazy is and, and I've just learned this because you got to understand something. We are a new football staff and I am born and raised uh, 25 minutes away from here, from the Northwest suburbs of Chicago. Now we are actually Concordia university, Chicago. However, we are located in river forest. But if we said Concordia university river forest, everyone would be like, where is that? So we are on the North end of Chicago. Um, and I can walk one block to Harlem Avenue. So if anyone's familiar with Chicago, it's um, it's considered north, the north side or north suburbs of Chicago. But if I walk down to Harlem, which would take me you know two minutes, I'm in Chicago. So Harlem is the street that determines when you're in Chicago or when you're in River Forest. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, yeah, dude, I, that that's awesome. And you guys are our, a very new football program. Is this the first year or second year? Uh, so it's funny you say that. We actually call it year zero. So, okay. <laughs> the, the story kind of goes like this. Um, now I'm, I'm 40 years old. I've been coaching for 16 years. I, grad, I, I, I played quarterback my whole life, right? So um, going just from Buffalo Grove High School, uh, I, I went straight to Northern Michigan, played football up there for two years. Um, and I was one of those guys guilty uh, of transferring uh, when, when I probably should have stuck it out. But you know, um, the man upstairs has has a journey for me. So ended up transferring to the University of St. Francis in Joliet. Um, played ball, played ball over there. Right from there, I GA'd for um, just spring ball. And then I started on the high school coaching scene. All right, so that was me. I, I jumped on the high school coaching scene right away, was teaching. And here, here's the, the controversy that, that really I was struggling with at that point in time because I knew I wanted to coach college football, but it was like, hey, do I make nothing and work a third shift job or do I take this job offer that's offering me a decent paycheck and I get to do what I love, which is coach, you know? So I obviously chose um, um, the high school thing. So was it a small school? No, a semi-small school. It was called Andrew High School in the southwest suburbs of Chicago. Um, we ran the double wing, which nice. as a quarterback, um, I called it the ball dispenser, right? right. <laughs> um, so I was there for three years. And then I met um, a man named Jason Aubrey, Coach Aubrey. Uh, he's a pretty, uh, especially in the in, in Illinois in the Chicago land area. He's a well known coach. At that point in time, uh, we were at another high school it's called Joliet Township, which eventually split to Joliet West High School. So when I linked up with him, so now um, we're talking. This was 13 years ago. Um, we had this team, and and we had a bunch of athletes, and we thought, you know, we can do some things, you know, in it. Immediately, we felt like we can do some things. So the one thing I was excited about was he wanted to go empty and throw the ball every play. So I'm like, hey, man, I'm down for that. Like, let's, yeah, you know, all, all about it. The only problem was we weren't very good. Our first three years, we went 0-9, which was, you know, pretty disappointing, especially when you want to throw the ball and you're not completing passes. Um so we kind of, you know, regrouped and, and I, I don't know if you got my screenshot that, that I sent you of our program goals at, at Concordia. I did. But, I did. Those are awesome. Can you run through those real quick? Yeah. So what's kind of cool is those are the same program goals that we used on that fourth year when we were at Joliet, right? So program, because we realized that we have the athletes, but we weren't winning football games. So pro program goal number one is be a man of integrity. And what we mean, what we mean by that is do what you do, say what you say. If you say it, you better do it. You know what I mean? And also to kind of a, a good definition of, of, of integrity is what I'm doing when other people aren't looking. I think that's kind of the most important thing. So that's program goal number sure. one. Pro program goal real, number one. Real, real quick on that coach is, is something that's, that that is so important is integrity and how we portray that onto other people, but even more so, and I don't think it's talked about enough is we have to have self integrity. Like 
how we talk to ourselves. Like if we're in a workout or a hard practice, whatever you're saying to yourself, you better be able to say over a loudspeaker. So it better be good. You know what I mean? So having integrity outwards is, is excellent in what we want to display, but having that, it really starts inwards. I love it. I love it. And that's that, um, you know, our self-talk is what I believe builds confidence. Right. And, and that's honestly why I got into the coaching business because, you know, you want to really help mold that self-talk with, with young men. So I mean, we can talk about integrity and and self-confidence all day. I love that stuff. So that's kind of what attracted me and to stay with Coach Aubrey for for as long as as we did. Um, So anyway, program goal number two was graduate and go to college or have a life plan. This was when we were still at the high school level, level. Program goal number three was win a conference championship. Number four, go to the playoffs. Number five, win a state championship. So we were there for the 13 years and we were checking them off one by one, right? Program goal number one, program goal number two, program goal number three, program goal number four. And a year ago, that's when we all split up. Our head coach took a different job. Um, I took a different job. Our line guy took a different job. And then this past January, um, Coach Aubrey calls me and says, hey, Listen, um, I don't know what you're doing, but I just got the head job at Concordia University, Chicago. And this is how much I knew about it. I go, where is it? <laughs> <laughs> so I asked the same question you did. I, I, I honest to God, I had no idea where Sh- uh, Concordia, Chicago was. <clears throat> so I thought that that was kind of crazy. <clears throat> so I went in, interviewed for the offense coordinator quarterback position got it things worked out well and we took those same program goals that we that we used at Joliet Township and we made it Concordia's program goals love it that's an easy transition for you guys that have been doing it for so long yeah yeah absolutely well because so so yeah so you're in year zero now is as you guys are calling it you're in year zero and you're three and one so far is that right Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're correct. We are three and one. There's a good buzz coming around here. Um, we just beat uh, Lakeland, which uh, apparently, you know, year zero for me. So I'm, I'm learning these teams week to week. Um, but so for the guys that have been around, like the fans, the, the, the alumni, this is a big deal that we won last week because apparently we haven't beat this team in nine years. And before that, our record was not very good. So, you know, we're coming in here and with the attempt of just putting it with the program goals and we're trying to change the culture, you know, and when I talk about culture, it's really more about, um, you know, we kind of took it from Urban Meyer, the soundbite. We want the kids to buy in to us. And that's the biggest thing, because at the end of the day, if they're not bought into us, if they're not bought into what we're doing, the product's not going to look good out there. So I think we're doing a pretty good job so far. So, yeah, I mean, that, that term buy-in is, is tossed around, obviously, in football and all sports and companies and everything. And really where, where that term becomes effective is when everybody, a part of that team, understands what it means for that exclusive company or team or organization. It means something different 
for all the different uh, things across the board. So whatever that means to the Concordia University Chicago football team is what's important for yeah. everybody, a, a part of it to know. Absolutely. Um, and that's awesome that you guys have this relationship as a coaching staff and have put these things together as a part of a culture culture building mentality and now able to the uh you know display that and and relay that to to these guys um at Concordia Chicago what's it like for you is this your first college coaching job other than being a GA so i i was a GA for um just this spring so yes which is you know a lot of doubters, um, but yes, this is my first real college coaching job. Gotcha. And is there a difference so far? Any challenges? Anything that you thought were easier than you would have thought? Yeah, you know, I I get asked that question a lot, and the thing is, is it challenging? Yes, um, but I, I, I'm going to say it's really not much different than coaching high school. Um, you got to understand, you know, we are at the division three level, but at the end of the day, uh, an 18 year old is an 18 year old, you know, (laughs) they're, they're still doing the same things, you know, they're putting in the time. Um, but you know, there's still a social aspect of, of their life too, you know, not like us, you know, sometimes considered crazy guys that are thinking about football 24 seven, especially in the fall. That are constantly, you know, talking about, you know, who's going to play Y this week, who's going to play H, who's going to play, you know, <laughs> where these guys go off and, and they have a life outside of football. So different, I would say, yes, there are slight differences. Um, the biggest one is the guys who are here, they, um, they retain information very well just because the standard, the bar, is just raised from from high school to college as as you know you know the the expectation sure. is is that this is a a job and and you are expected to do a b and c right right and, and of course that's across the board division three division two division one and the coolest thing what i love talking to to division three coaches about is Typically, you guys have to figure out how to do more with less. And I don't mean less players or anything like that. Obviously, the talent level is a little different. So what is that? What's that like for you as a play caller, as a quarterback coach, figuring out how to be as successful as possible with maybe not the most physically gifted players available? Right. So it's, it's kind of interesting that, that you bring that up as far as, as far as not as, as talented, because what, what, what I've come to realize is yes, when you are at the division one level, those guys are just different, just different animals, right? They are taller, bigger, stronger, faster, but I can't say that they're more talented. Do you know what I mean? They yeah, just, I love that. They just are. They have a different setup. They have a different frame. They are just exactly what I just said. You know what I mean? Because we and what surprised me the most is the talent that I am seeing week in week out. Um, 
like I'm watching film and we got Aurora who, um, I don't know if you know this name, Don Beebe, he's, he's the head coach for, for Aurora University. Um, and, and that, that's who we have Saturday. And I'm watching, I'm watching their film. Man, they, they got speed. They got talent all over the place. The only difference is their best receiver is 5'11". 510. You know what I mean? So sure, sure. I, I, I think that that size and, and how fast they are, how strong they are, just is really the biggest difference. That's a great way to put it. I, I really like that. Uh, I really like that. Not comparison, but difference. That's that's a great way to put it. Now, talk about like the IQ of of a Division three football player is really somebody that that wants to play football, not necessarily ever going to have a chance to play pro. Yes. Not so, more so now, actually, because of all the overseas leagues, everybody really has a chance to continue a career. Which I love. But, yeah, it's awesome. The, the, the D3 player is really a higher IQ guy because it's somebody that just loves the game. Is that would you kind of go along with that? Uh, so, 100%. And I, I love that you just said that too, because. Let's just call it what it is. Division three players pay to play. You know what I mean? And not that division one players don't, because you know, there there are a majority of them that, you know, are not on scholarship and they're not paying and and they're not paying to play. But division three players, yes, they invest the time and actually and it, they have surprised me with the amount of knowledge that they already knew prior to me coming in here. Because, you know, we came in here and we're like, listen, we're gonna just run what we ran over at Joliet and, you know, we're gonna teach it the same way. And the biggest difference I would say is not necessarily the content, but the detail. You know what I mean? The detail that these guys like, just for an example, like coach, how should I stem this 12-yard dig if if my DB is playing inside shade with his inside foot up, you know, um, at six yards? <laughs> I, I was like, first time I ever got asked that question. Like, thank you right, for asking right. me that. That's phenomenal. You know, so just, you know, the, the, just the details of what these guys are thinking and, and, and the ownership to the system is, is what I've what I've noticed is the biggest difference. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, having those conversations, man, is is not only does it kind of take a little bit of the weight off of you as a coach, but it's it's such a cool conversation to have with yeah. an eighteen year old and and even some guys in high school. So tie into coach, you've been using QBIQ this season as a, as an offensive coordinator, as a quarterbacks coach. You just talked a little bit about a, a receiver or a quarterback noticing body language of a defender what has qbiq done for you as a coach first and foremost so and 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 you know me like i've i've studied a lot of different quarterback coaches and there is a lot of stuff out there um and i love the work that that quarterback coaches are putting in not even to get their guys better but to get better themselves because that's my ultimate goal is just to continue to get better for my guys. Um, so the one the, I, I would say the biggest thing QBIQ has, has done for me for, for my quarterback room 
is flip it. And what I mean by that is day one, start talking about defenses first. Start talking about defensive play, defensive alignment, defensive responsibility, um, defensive terminology. You know, um, I, that was always the very last thing in, in, in my whole coaching career that I would talk about. You know, it would always be like, okay, here's the route tree. Let's go through it. Let's run through it on air. Let's go. Let's talk about some footwork and put in these concepts, run it on air. You know, everything looks good, you know, and it almost gives you like a false sense because as soon as you get a defense put in front of there, it's like, wait a second. I, I can't, I can't stand straight for 10 yards. I got a backer sitting right in front of me. What do I do? So I, I, I like the fact that, that we're talking about defenses first and then we go into the concepts and I, I really Chris Hickson, the term when he talks about, we're going to work with you. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not working against you guys. We're working with the grain we're of the with defense. The grain of defense. Yes. That. that is my favorite statement of all time right there. I'm going to, I am here to work with you to work with the grain of the defense. That, that, that's what really resonated with me. Hmm. That's awesome, man. That is so cool to hear. Cause Right. Uh, Chris and I, we're, we're kind of in it every day and, and talking to either players or coaches and doing all the things that we do. And not that it ever loses its effectiveness, but uh, it just kind of becomes second nature, which is actually a good thing. Yeah. Um, that terminology and really that fundamental wiring of let's actually look at it this way. And, and it's not anything that is made up or invented. Right. This is all stuff that you learn as you go, but now you can learn it in a platform and in a system, and you can get kids at 14, 15 years old to learn it instead of junior in college. Yeah, and I'll even go with uh, 11 and 8-year-old because my two boys are learning it right now, and that's <laughs> which is just incredible to me because, you know, especially if we start teaching it this way at an early age, I think we're just increasing football awareness and IQ in general across the board, um, you know, because listen, seven on seven is great. Flag football and my two boys both do flag football is great. But at the end of the day, you're eventually going to see a defensive line, a linebacker blitzing in your face. You, you might even actually get hit as a quarterback and you're going to have to throw and get someone. That's football. You know what I mean? So we do, I think we tend to get caught up in a lot of other things when, hey, why not put the whole kitchen sink at him right away, call it what it is, and let's start learning on that platform. Yeah. Dude, that is great. 11 and 8-year-old, your sons, how, how are they excited about having to learn this, or are they kind of like, dad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depends which one. The eleven-year-old okay. is dad, and the eight-year-old yeah. eats it up. He loves it. He loves every part of it. He and he actually he really is starting to pick it up. But he for for his team for whatever reason, and I stay away from you know the the whole coaching thing when it comes to their flag football. And um, he's as a receiver. He he's, he doesn't even play quarterback as an eight-year-old receiver. I guess this is just proud dad moment where he is the first 
second, third, fourth, and fifth person to catch a pass in their home league, which is really cool. And how he describes it to me and why he ran about a certain way is just, it's incredible. It, it is this, it is QBIQ. Man, man, that's great. And, and love hearing that a receiver is learning from this because it's so vital for, for that position, for all offensive skill positions. What's it been for you at the coaching level? Has it, has it, has it, uh, synergized or integrated into your style as far as playing or calling plays or looking at the field um anything like that yes yeah, so and, and I, I can totally appreciate that as well too um the one thing i love is uh, the term winning pre-snap and, and qbiq talks about that all the time is we can win pre-snap and i never thought about it like that um, because I'm obviously a pre and then a post snap guy. I've always taught that way and it's just the way it was. So the one thing that, that I, I feel that we incorporated and we did it pretty well was I started with the quarterbacks, but then you have to get the receivers on the same page because um, they have to understand it as well. Because at the end of the day, you know, we can talk X's and O's as much as we want, but it's about the Jimmy's and Joe's, right? They're the ones out there doing it. So if they're not if they're not understanding it, then we gotta go back to page one. You know what I mean? We <laughs> we gotta go back to page one before we even move on. Um so yeah, yeah, I think the one thing I love about it is we don't have to change our offense. Our offense stayed completely the same. All I'm doing is teaching football in, in it's not even really a different way. I'm just able to look at the field and, and see the field and now translate, communicate that properly with my quarterback room. And the best part is is they understand it. So there's a yeah. there there there's a page, uh, page nine, uh, I, I I don't know, in, in the QBIQ system book where, you know, it talks about your spot and alley throws. My quarterbacks love that because <laughs> it just, to them, it just, it just makes sense. You know, like, okay, that makes sense. I throw my slant, my two right here. I throw my curl right here. Those are the lanes. That's where the ball has to go. So that, I, I, I really like that, that page. Nice, nice. So yeah, coach, you're talking about the. It's labeled as the universal route tree, but yeah. in more detail, the spot and alleys, spot and alley throws of actually showing you a green box or showing you the green alley where the ball should be caught. Where the ball should be in, caught. In each route. Yep, you yeah. got it. And then, and even work working with like uh, you know the cover two, cover three, cover six. They, I, I mean, I actually wish I had them in here too because I, I just, it just makes sense to them. The diagrams right. and, and the green and where that ball has to be after we recognize what the coverage is pre-snap of which lane and how I have to throw that ball. Because I keep it simple yeah. with, with, with the way we throw balls. It's a one ball, two ball, or three. A one's a rocket shot. Okay. A two ball is over that linebacker and three ball is the big one, right? It's the one it's it's that fade ball that we put up. So we like to keep right. it simple like that. 
Nice. Nice. I love it, man. It's, uh, it's so great to hear really that it's, that it's being effective and it's useful for you, useful for you as a coach and useful for your players, but even more so, I really appreciate that you are open to it and that you are open to the information and just taking a look and seeing if it's something that you could help that, or that could help you. And I feel like the, obviously the, the coaching industry and football in general, we all have these, these big egos. So, um, it's really cool to hear, to hear you say, yeah, man, it's just, it's not a different way of doing it. It's just helped me get better at what I'm already doing. Um, which is super awesome to hear. And I know, I know Chris, Chris would appreciate it. We really appreciate you just being open to the information. Well, you have to be because if, if I'm going to be closed-minded, guess what's going to happen? There's going to be other coaches out there getting better, getting their quarterbacks better, getting that offense better, and I'm sitting here stuck in my own way. So, hey, listen, I, I always have to have an open mind. And, and with this, it just clicked with me right away, and I don't know if it's because I grew up on the passing tree. So I'm like, oh, the passing tree's back. All right, man, let's do this, you know, because – just with the uh, how football's evolved, we kind of got away from the passing tree and more into the no huddle, just one word plays sort of stuff. So I, I, I'd like, I can appreciate the passing tree. For me, that makes sense. Um, but it just, you know, the fact that my quarterbacks understand it and, and they're able to read a defense and know how to scan it, what I see is the biggest separator is yes let's look at safeties outside backers corners that that's great information right there and i'm I'm guilty of saying that's what you're looking at but now let's get detailed what specifically are you looking at i have never ever ever told my quarterbacks before qbiq to look at feet that right there is a genius and our, our starting quarterback told me i think it was there probably a couple of weeks ago, he goes, that looking at the feet has been a game changer just in his, in, in his ability to read pre-snap. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, and there's a whole, there's a whole page in the book dedicated to defensive recognition method and identifying what coverage it is by looking at safeties, corners, and then even further into their body language. And, when you boil it down, yeah, all right, this is concept, not concrete. It's not always going to be a clear picture. Right. More times than not, somebody on defense might be wrong, and then that's where you get confused, or they might screw up, and that's where you get confused on offense. But boiling it down to this fundamental wiring makes things so clear mm-hmm. and makes the picture so clear from a coach's perspective, from a player's perspective, that when, if and when you watch football with your buddies, at Buffalo Wild Wings on a Thursday or something, you look at the game totally different yes. than, than they, right? Yeah. So, and that's so great to hear that your quarterback is, is seeing that and it's a game changer for him. Yeah, and it's not just him, it's, it's the whole room. So I have four quarterbacks and they're, the best part is when I have to leave or I do leave, they continue the conversation. <laughs> and that's I to see. me to me that is showing me that it works um and, and 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 of course the book it shows you you know your basic you know your cover four your free safety your strong safety 
the alignment where they're supposed to be. This is what it, this is definitely a cover for. But the film week to week varies just because each person varies. So, but just right. showing that those guys like, hey, where's their hip angle? How are their feet? What are they probably going to do right here? And then, you know, the more film you watch, the more understanding you have of that particular team. No doubt. And and film watching obviously is, is so important. Do you have a – is there a particular way or style or way that you try to teach guys to watch film? Because that's an issue with younger kids, obviously, not knowing how to watch film. What do you look <laughs> yeah. at while you're doing that? Right. Do you kind of have a system for that? So I, I try not to get too wrapped up into and, – and I, I used to do this all the time – is watching our opponent's film and then seeing the other opponent's offense and seeing what worked against mm. against them just because I don't want to get away from our concepts because we have all the beaters, right? The man, the cover two, the one, the cover three, the cover six. I mean, we have our beater concepts in and we know which concepts are, are better than others with certain coverages. So for... For us, I don't want to have to necessarily change what we do, but it's going to change how the quarterback views it. And it just honestly just speeds up his process of where he's going to go with the football. Right, right. No doubt. So, Coach, man, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, and the, so I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't really answer your question. So, so, so as far as film watching, um, Yes, you know, I do believe that that, that is important. And, and, you know, just kind of like Chris Hickson said, like, hey, we're going to work with the grain of the defense all week. We have to get to know our defense that we're going to see. And the more you get to know them with your concepts, the, the more success that we're going to have on Saturday. For sure. Could not agree more. Well, Coach, man, I know you're a busy dude. You've got things to do. I'm going to give you a little – uh, recruiting plug here okay. for Concordia University of Chicago. Anybody listening in that area, any target areas, what's some of the hot spots that you guys are looking for? So we're, we're, we want Chicago land kids. We love our Chicago kids. Um, don't get me wrong. We go out and, you know, we're, we're, we got a lot of guys from Florida, a lot of guys from Texas, um, we got California representing, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, but right now, um, you know, obviously the focus is in on the season, but we want, you know, Chicago kids to stay home. We want them to stay home, stay here because when it becomes October, November, man, it gets really tough in the Windy City to play. Sure. Sure. Well, you guys heard it. Chicago area guys, man, hit up Coach Mark Peterson at Concordia Chicago. Coach, I, I really appreciate you jumping on the QBIQ podcast with us today, man. Best of luck this week and the rest of your season. Hey, I appreciate it, Coach. And, uh, hey, let's stay in touch and possibly do this again sometime. Mm -hmm.